You're listening to the Horror Game and Friends Podcast. What is up, everybody, and welcome back to the Horror Cave and Friends podcast. I'm your host, Chad, and I'm here once again with my co-host, with the most, the one and only, Jesse. What's up, y'all, man? And today, Jesse, we got a big one for everybody. Oh, yeah, y'all y'all ain't ready for what's cooking in this pot today. And it is an interview with the one and only, extremely talented, John Masari. Um, who did the music for Killer Clowns and a bunch of other amazing movies. We get to chat with him, talk with him, and uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip this outro. I want you guys to get right into this. This was an amazing episode, and we want you guys to hear it for yourselves. So, ladies and gentlemen, enjoy our interview with Mr. John Musari. All right, folks, so we are back, and we have a very special guest here on the Horror Kevin Friends podcast Ladies and gentlemen, the extremely talented composer whose music you might heard in films such as Wizard of Speed and Time, Retro Puppet Master, and of course, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the podcast, Mr. John Masari. Welcome. Thank you so much for taking the time to be on with us today. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me very much. Yeah, we are so excited. I've met you in person twice um, at uh, at a spooky expo, I think it was in Anaheim. Right. Um, and then also you had like a like a little meet and greet thing at an IKEA. I remember that was the first time I met you as well. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious. That's right. We were um we had a, a breakfast meetup that that's was right. pre-COVID. Yes, that's right. And I don't think uh, you know, I don't know if they have that those um those great breakfasts anymore. Those like two dollar breakfasts. <laughs> I'm not sure if they have breakfast later on in the day. Well, that's great. It's great to great to see you guys. And then so like it was always a dream to have you on the podcast. So I'm I'm so grateful. Me and my co-host Jesse are so excited to have you on with us today. So most definitely, most definitely. Awesome. awesome. So tell so what do you guys got? What do you guys got that you need me to <laughs> settle? So the first question that we always ask our guests, because we have um you're our fourth special guest on the podcast. Okay. Um the other guests we've had have been actors from other movies, but you are our first ever composer on the podcast. So what we like to always ask our special guests is kind of, you know, what got you interested in the field of work that you do? And for you, since you're a composer, what is like your inspirations and everything that got you into wanting to make music? music for film well ever since i was a little kid Mm -hmm. music has always given me a great experience Mm -hmm. i I couldn't really put my finger on it Uh, Mm -hmm. um i used to drive my parents crazy by as soon as i could walk and turn on the radio i would go you know early in the morning like at three in the morning Mm -hmm. and turn the hi-fi system on (laughs) and just turn channels and (laughs) and then they got me this little uh plastic AM, A&M radio I had by my bed, I would leave it on all night. If I woke up, I would turn the channel and constantly listen to music. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I was a kid, I thought, oh, at the radio station, there's just bands recording music all the time. Mm-hmm. And, and they're playing, and it, I didn't know they were playing records. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then uh, I would say later on, I think it was six or seven, and um, I went to a, a triple feature. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, with my pals down the street, you know, it was like that was the day. Like, you know, mom, we're going, we're going to the movie theater, and we were all seven, and we would like mm-hmm. all walk to the movie theater. Mm-hmm. And, uh, there was a triple feature of the Time Machine, Journey to the Center of the Earth, and Mysterious Island. Oh, very nice. So these were movies that had been 
probably out for five or six years. So it was at the, you know, 50 cent, um, you know, matinee, mm-hmm. the matinee. And I was just dumbstruck, man. I just, whatever that was in that movie that was that, I, I thought every movie is going to be like that. You'll go see a movie and it's always an incredible experience. For me, it was. Mm-hmm. And um, so, and, and then I discovered it was the music that was resonating with me. Mm-hmm. So um, that's where it all started. And I started tinkering at the piano and little by little, you know, you, you just meet other people that also make music. And I was in bands when I was a, uh, in a teenager as a matter of fact that the one band i was in is called crisis we played hard rock before it was <laughs> and yeah. uh that's when i came up with the song that became the killer clowns of our space march oh nice oh, yeah. 16 17 going on 18 somewhere mm-hmm. around there because we we had all gone we, we used to always go to concerts we would see like the who frank zappa kiss oh, nice. led zeppelin uh did i say yes uh yes <laughs> cult there was a hard rock band called uh, pegasus too and all just like and we thought and we, said, well, we got to make our own music and so that was the first thing that i came up with and they said oh that sounds like jazz <laughs> much like jazz so that's basically where it came from you know and then then, um i looking back i think i kind of like i i went to ucla thinking Mm -hmm. that like well all what i want to do now is make music and get paid for it so i'll do Mm -hmm. movies for tv and things like that and so i think that i was for me personally i think Mm -hmm. i was barking up the wrong tree (laughs) <laughs> what I, the mistake I made, I was pleasing other people. I said, well, I'll prove to my parents I can make money from doing it. Because they had no idea mm-hmm. of, of what the music business was, what creating music, what it entailed. They had no clue. Mm-hmm. They thought, like, well, when you finish UCLA, you'll just get a job at, like, Warner Brothers or Universal, just writing music for everything. And, and that is not the way the business works. Mm-hmm. So... Um, you know, if I could go back in time magically, I think I would just start doing my own music and playing mm-hmm. in bands and doing my own music and playing in bands mm-hmm. and keep making music and like connect with an audience, you know. And what I feel like I'm really blessed with is this resurgence of killer clouds from outer space. I was just talking to Paul Wiley, who did uh, Terrifier. Oh, yes, Terrifier movies. Yes, and I go, Paul, I could do what I want to do when I was 17 now. I could just do, you know, Killer Clowns is my my vehicle, kind of like right, my escape hat, my escape hatch. Mm-hmm. So I mean, because like I can't tell you how much music I've done. I mean, if you look at my IMDb, all kinds of stuff, and it's all right. just work. You know, and mm-hmm. it was, you know, like, we need you to do music like this. Okay, now we want you to do music like this. Mm-hmm. I need you to copy that sound. I need you to copy this sound, and it's like gotcha. I've gotten to the point, thanks thanks to Killer Clowns and thanks to the video game, mm-hmm. where I said, you know what? If you want me to sound like that, you should hire the guy that made that sound. You know? right. I mean, I tell people that uh, when Trent Reznor did his first feature, I think it was the, um, mm-hmm. um, the Social Network, mm-hmm. they didn't tell him, David Fincher didn't say, hey, uh, Trent, you know, I really like the score to Pretty Woman. Can you do something like that? No. He said, Trent, you do like crazy stuff. I need that in my movie. Mm-hmm. I need that wild, whatever it is you do, I need that in your movie. So 
that's what I'm going after now. Thank after all of these years, you know, and I'm really happy to be here. And I'm really honored that the game developers said, you know what, you hit on something when you did that killer clown score. Can you bring that to this movie? I go, I've been waiting for all this time and I'm ready to go. That's awesome. And I saw like an interview. That's a long answer. Excuse me. (laughs) No, you're totally fine. You're totally fine. And that is so cool. Like how you were saying, like, you know, you're playing the music now that you wish you did seven, like when you were 17. And then I saw this video on YouTube. um, And I think you were at a convention and you played the Killer Clown March, but it was like totally different. And it was so good. It was so awesome. That's the way I would, I wanted it to Mm -hmm. sound. And like how it had like the metal guitar and everything, I loved yeah. it. It was like yeah. it was so well done. I was like, that is so cool. I was trying to get my band to play that. They said, well, with these chords are jazz chords, man. We can't be playing that. <laughs> jazz chords. Well, yeah, I guess they could be jazz chords. Mm-hmm. Just play them loud. Just shut up and play. You know? <laughs> that is so cool. Yeah, because like I heard that and I was like, that would have been really cool if that was in the original. Like just the way it sounded and everything was just like so right. awesome. And I was like, that's right. Really well, that's cool. what we brought to the video game. Mm-hmm. That is so cool. I brought to the video. I said, you know, we could, I can bring you the sound and then elevate it. Mm-hmm. I would elevate it. Right. So it's going to be, uh, you, you're going to recognize that it's the original sound of the right. movie soundtrack. But yeah, we've gone up. We've brought it up to date. And we're being real with it. That is so cool. And then how did that come up with the video game? Like, how long has that been in the works? Like, I don't know if you're allowed to say or anything, because I know it's still not out yet, but like. Oh, sure. I could tell you, because okay. it's so interesting. Oh, when, nice. got, when the <laughs> video got announced, uh-huh. my phone rang off the hook, because everyone was saying, everyone that I know that's an actor or a, a voiceover person, they were saying, oh, man, put me on that gig. Put me on that gig. It's already done. You know, we did it last year. I mean, it's just like we've had to keep it a secret this whole time. So, how did it happen? I think it was um, okay. It was uh, it was a year before. Uh, okay, it was. Uh, well, I'm trying to figure out the years now. Okay, there's 2022. So, to the end of 2021. Okay, I got a call from the developers, and they said, you know, saying, I don't know if you'd be interested. I don't know if you've gone on to other things, but would you be interested in doing the video game? And I said, let me give you my agent's phone number and let's get working on this. You know, so So that's basically how way back then. And I had a meeting with them, and we talked about the philosophy. And I said, this is the way I. I know how I know tons of guys that do video games. If there's a certain way they do it. Mm-hmm. I go, I would like to do it this way. And I told mm-hmm. them the way I want to do it. And they go, Oh, okay. All right. Let's okay, we'll we'll go for that. Let's just try one and see how it works. So we mm-hmm. tried the first piece of music. Luckily, boom, it there it felt like okay, we're the rocket ship has taken off now. <laughs> so I was really so happy cool. with that. So it was a really good experience. The, the people at both at uh, TerraVision, which are doing all the coding and all that kind of stuff. And then there's the publisher that's handling all the creative and directional stuff. Okay. Really great people. They're all fans of the movie. That's awesome. You know? Oh, nice. That is really cool. And so it, it's great to work with people that appreciate and understand and grew up with it. Exactly. Right? It probably makes it much easier yeah. for like people that actually know, you know, what the product is going into it, making it and everything. Just so, you know, I bet that makes I, it much easier. I was um, having a conversation with Chris Young 
he did um, Hellraiser. Oh, nice. <laughs> we went to school together. Oh, very I, cool. And I said, you are so blessed that your movie was in the movie theater for six weeks. Mine was like a day and a half. Because it just had to fulfill a certain, it had like to be in a movie theater for just a short time. And by the time it got a good review in the LA Times and the LA Weekly, and the people came back and they said, where's that movie, Killer Clowns? Oh, it's gone. You know, they only made a few prints that would travel from town to town. And so we had to build our audience the old fashioned way, one by one. Right. I mean, there are little kids. Yeah. I mean, four-year-olds that love killer clowns that their great-grandparents showed them. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be, I'm here. I'm gonna work with it. You know, I, you know I've been waiting all this time to do it, and it, it's really, it was kind of like a, a musical homecoming. That's awesome. Work on the video this way with people that were uh, that were um like a family you know it's like right. it was like a homecoming because working originally working on the movie it was you know the, the, the um title was so creepy and freaky that uh, you know people just easily dismiss it right, right. You know, yeah. to, to like, yeah. say, well, with the guys that made this, they put a lot of work into it. They worked with Tim Burton. They worked with, um, you know, on all kinds of incredible projects. You know, they've got they've got something to say. And if you really look at it, the colors and the the, the work that went into everything. Exactly. Well, yeah. I got to see it when it was originally out. When I delivered the masters of the tapes back mm -hmm. to the studio after I finished recording. Mm -hmm. I was on the elevator with uh, guys from the accounting department. What's that? I go, oh, this is one of your latest shows, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. And they said, that thing will never make them, and no one's ever going to watch it. You, throw, you, should, you should have thrown that in the trash can. And I, I, I looked at him and he says, it's not your movie, dude. And I said, dude, dude. <laughs> it's just not your movie, you know. Mm -hmm. And that's when I had the long hair. And I had, everyone thought it was Frank Zappa, you know. <laughs> Kind of like, uh, uh. <laughs> lo and behold, yeah, no one did see it because it was in the movie theater for like no time at all, and it took a while. Our music director Bob Hunka, who later became the a music super, big big time music supervisor at Sony Pictures, um, he said, "You know what? This movie's going to get discovered in cable and VHS." And I, go, I I hope from your mouth to God's ears, <laughs> and it did. It, it really did. Yeah, and, and the, the fans are, all the fans are just really sweet people that, like, uh, love, uh, you know, I think the movie sparks creative, create the creative aspect in people's imagination. You know, let's face it, it's a crazy movie. But it there's certain things about it that are very creative. That, yes. You know, you got see it. it and you go, God, what did I just see? I got to see that again. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, th I think everything about it is creative. And like you said, like the whole resurgence of it, because like, it felt like maybe like the last five years, it really blew up from like merchandise. I mean, like mm -hmm. Spirit Halloween started selling a bunch of merchandise and I wanted to get some yeah. of it, but it was selling out everywhere. Like I couldn't find it anywhere. And like, it's crazy. Let me tell you, there's nothing worse than going to a, a toy store and <laughs> grown ass men buy everything off the shelves mm -hmm. and then try to resell it to kids. Yes. There's something wrong there. There's something I agree. Wrong. I mean, I saw a guy walk out with like tons of stuff. I go, you're, you're taking, are you the Grinch? 
<laughs> away from children. Can't you buy just two and enjoy it? No, I've got to buy everything, clean the shell off, and sell it. I mean, those those guns. Uh, I have the cotton more. candy guns. Yes, those cotton candy guns. They're selling for two hundred dollars because no insane. one could get them. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Now it's like they're giving them away. Mm-hmm. I know. I was finally able to track one down, but I remember when like Spirit uh, Halloween got like the license to start producing like merchandise for Killer Clowns. It was going so fast. I remember like they were selling stuff from like rugs to the the, the clown puppets and everything. And then I would go in there asking, "Do you guys have anything left?" They were all, all gone. gone, all yeah. gone. Every yeah. single bit of Killer Clowns merchandise gone. I had, and I was selling them to, uh, to as a as a donate. Uh, using the proceeds to donate to a, a youth orchestra, mm-hmm. and I had people all over the country like uh, going to stores to buy it for me. I go, whatever you do, and you buy it. it's not a rush. Just send it like the slowest way. And there are people that would spend thirty dollars to buy it, and then sixty dollars to ship it. You could have gave me the sixty. You could have. I could have told you to send the sixty dollars to the youth orchestra. But anyways, <laughs> crazy. And all of a sudden, at one point, I had like. 50 of these things mm-hmm. that were selling because people still couldn't get them. So I would go to yeah. conventions and sell them and donate the proceeds to a youth orchestra. And That's people awesome. were just like, oh my God, how much is that? It's I'm selling it for $60. Oh, no problem. Here, there's 60 bucks. You know? mm-hmm. Whereas th- sometimes because the reason why it's sold for $60 is mm-hmm. because on YouTube, I'm mean YouTube, on eBay, they were selling for 100 sometimes 150 Because mm-hmm. exactly. they, they only made a limited number. Mm-hmm. I didn't think it was gonna be a big deal. Look at what we're talking about merchandise. We're supposed to be it's crazy. No, and this is totally fine because like yeah, it, it's I'm so crazy because I know before like the whole resurgence of killer clowns, before that there was really nothing out besides just the movie on DVD or Blu-ray or before that. And it's right. just so crazy. Yeah. It's kind of almost out of nowhere. And then now um your score for the film is on vinyl, which came out about a couple months ago. And I got that. I, I pre-ordered that as soon as it came out. Yeah, there's a great artwork as well. The artwork is beautiful on that. It is and so a little, nice. A little inside story, you'll you'll notice that there's no uh technical credits on the album. Really? Notice, yeah, you didn't see any technical credits, did you? I did not. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> let's put it this way. There was uh uh, there was, remember that story I told you I brought the masters back? Yes. Yeah. I got to be yeah. honest with you. That was two and a half years after I did the movie. I took them back mm-hmm. and remastered everything on digital. Okay. They had these, they called them ADAT tapes. And they were like VHS tapes that they were like high def digital recorders. So I made a master of that. Mm-hmm. And so that was our big protection. Uh, you know, to to so um, archive it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean. That is so, so cool. anyway, so that's that's that. Do you still have the original tapes, like from the first? No, movie the movie? original tapes are probably at a vault somewhere. Oh, okay. Probably some storage facility. Mm-hmm. Because the property, the digital, uh, digital killer clowns from outer space as a property right. has changed hands several times. Do you know at one point Universal Studios owned it? Really? What? Yeah. Oh, and wow. MGM bought it back from them, and then I I I, I would imagine if uh, they still held on to it, they they would have ran with it, mm-hmm. you know, because they had the attraction, you know, they have uh, Halloween the, Horror. The maze. Where are, where are all you guys located? Um, I am in California, and then my co-host Jesse's in Texas. Oh wow, yeah. we're in Texas, and we're in California. Uh, I'm in uh, Glendora, California, and then okay, Jesse's in Corbin, Corbin, Texas. In Corbin. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, it's Purdy. 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 
Purden. Purden. I'm going to be yeah. in Houston, Texas in a couple, in like two and a half weeks. Well, oh, very nice. I don't know if that's, I, don't, I know Texas is a huge state. I don't know if, I, I don't know exactly where that is in relation to you. Um, well, actually, I'm originally from uh, Northern California, but uh -huh. um, I moved here, you know, because Cali, California is very expensive. So mm -hmm. I came out here to uh, get some peace and, uh, you know, try to find my way out here. But I still love California. And uh, I haven't really been to Houston yet. I've been to like Dallas and everything like that. But um, Texas, uh, Texas is different. But I can say it's, it's it's peaceful. Everybody minds their own business. If you mind yours, you know. Right, right. Can't complain. <laughs> well, I'm going to be in Mission, Texas, which is supposed to be on the southwestern portion, uh, the the lower southwest portion of Texas. Okay. Mission, okay. Texas. Okay. See, I've never um, see my my friend Chad here. He has been to a lot of um, right. horror, you know, meet up meetups <laughs> and everything. And I've well, never been to not one. I've never met any of my um, icons. So, um, oh, you could I, go if you were at this thing last weekend here in uh, Ontario, California. CreepyCon. CreepyCon. It's kind of like in the desert. You would have just you would have just gone crazy. I mean, it was it was nuts. I mean, it was like all the people that were there. I don't know if you're familiar with the YouTubers, uh, uh, Dead Meat. Oh, yeah. James E. Janice and Chelsea James, Rebecca. James and Chelsea. Yeah. They, okay, were okay. There. Okay. they were there. And, you know, uh, if you see video, if you go through some of their videos, they were at my first concert. And they did all the, like, the commentary and um, interviewed the cast members and everything. Man. That's, so cool. that's kind of where I met up with them. With them. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, I went to CreepyCon on Saturday. And then awesome. I, got total I, blast. You. Oh. <laughs> I was just there for a couple hours in the afternoon. There's nice. there this little kid, his name is Eric, and his dad sent him a video and he said, Hi, John, I'm sorry, I'm going to be there. And I go, Okay, I'll go. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I got to see, uh, you know, uh, hook up a lot of people and see. Uh, like James and Chelsea, also nice. uh, the Grim Life Collective. I don't know if you're familiar oh, with yes. them. Yeah, they're they're pals of mine. And um, and I forgot. I saw you know the uh, the guy that played the Terrifier, um, David Howard Thornton. David Howard Thornton. Mm -hmm. uh, I just was able to wave to him because he had like a thousand people in line <laughs> to see him. But I, I saw him at one of his first appearances. We hung out for a little bit. Oh, nice. Yeah, he's a really great guy. So Jesse. So cool. Ask me a question, Jesse. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. So um my first question for you is mm -hmm. basically do you have a favorite scene from the movie? Let me think. Oh well, that's a, a super easy question. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I'm glad you didn't ask me what my favorite clown was because it's like they're all my favorite. Anyways, um, it's I fell in love with the movie when I saw that tent in the desert. I mean, the desert. That I'd be another that good sequel. That tent in the forest, just yes. they're just unassumingly sitting there and that circus circus tent doing in the middle of the forest. And I saw that and I go, okay. When I when I first saw the movie, I said okay. I, I'm I'm going to do this movie, and oh I had audition, just like everyone else. Uh, you know, like people audition for the for the actors and you know you yeah. music. And let me tell you, there was some pretty big competition there. 
and I just said, I just knew somewhere down in my heart, this is my movie. And I, and I, and I, I, I went home and I thought about, and what stuck out in my mind is that scene in the Jesse, that you asked, I'm so glad you asked me of the forest. And uh, I said, you know what, my, my scene, I'm going to pick the scene where the, you see the, the, the spaceship, they go in the spaceship, they meet the clowns and they escape and the clowns chase them into the, you know, follow them into the town. That's yeah. the keystone moment of the movie. So if I do a piece of music that covers, I, so I killed two birds with one stone. Every, yeah. every theme you hear throughout the movie, practically every theme and motif you hear through the movie is in that scene. So it's kind of like that's the, the, precursor to whatever what you're going to see so if i see that and i do the march you know that killer clown march right right you know there's nothing more sweet than hearing like a four-year-old kid sing that back to you <laughs> i mean you're not a four-year-old kid but you know what i'm saying there's like four-year-old kids oh i know the music and they, and they sing it so cool anyways so yeah. and so i did that and i got it I got it because everyone else, but no one, picked, no one picked that scene to do because they they chased through the. So you know, there's like the mystery, like wow, we're here, and yeah. then there's like, they're being chased out, and then they're, you know, then you see the march, which is their theme. I said, mm -hmm. you know what? I know what to do with that march theme. I'll use that thing that my band did that they didn't like, and it'll be perfect for this. You know, so that that was that. Yeah. I have a story for you. Um, okay. I have a story for you that happened actually today, John. Mm -hmm. And um, so here's the thing. I was uh, babysitting um, my roommate's child uh, for a little bit. He was in my room chilling. And um, of course, I was watching the movie uh, during that time because I still wanted to get my, you know, questions right or whatever. And that's me being honest. Mm -hmm. um, he was sitting here. And um when the part came, when the clowns were starting to do their march and the music started playing, I kid you not, he looked at me and he said, uh-oh. And he's only two <laughs> years old. He's only two years old. You know what I mean? So for him, right. those clowns responded to do no good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. They got up. I mean, you ran them over the car, but that didn't stop them. That's he got up like Michael Myers. That's what made me laugh my <laughs> Yeah, mind. yeah. They rolled right back up. Indestructible. <laughs> that is so cool. And that's what I love about music, too, is because, like, it can bring out so many different emotions and everything, and it can change the movie substantially. Mm -hmm. And, like, speaking of Halloween, I remember hearing when Halloween first came out, it didn't have the score. And then John Carpenter just put it in there, and it, like, it changed everything. And so it's so crazy right. how some instruments can change so much from the movie. Yeah, just like, the simplicity of that little motif. Exactly. And it can change the mood. It can change everything about the film and just make it that much better, which is really, really cool. Yes. Yes. I agree with that. And that's what I love about music for sure. Cause like it, it could be just not even in just horror movies, but just any movie, it could really change the whole like right. feel of it, which is really cool. And then speaking of movies, Mr. Masari, did you think that you were going to be composing horror movies or did that kind of just come as, you know, you were auditioning and everything? Well, uh, did I think I was going to do horror movies? Um, well, what I uh, what I 
love about horror movies is mm. it gives you so much of an opportunity to experiment musically. Mm. You know, because you can really you can really create some fascinating moods. Uh, I remember I did a sequel to a movie called The Cell. It was called Cell Two, and like mm. I had so much fun doing that, coming up with strange textures to the point where my daughters came in one uh, one time I was working and they said, yeah, can you work with the headphones on because that music is too creepy. <laughs> I go, sure. And I go, all right, I'm on to something. <laughs> you got it, yeah. So, yeah, I just like the opportunity of like, you know, you 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 take away the the, you know, like in music, you have bar lines, like one, two, three, four, one, two. Well, it's like in horror, you can take away those bar lines and you can do all, do all wild, kind of wild things. That is so cool. That really is. That's awesome. Um, I, do have an, I do have another question. Um, uh, question. And um, I do, um, do want to say this because I was born in uh, 91. So I grew up during the 90s and everything and the music and all that. But as I got older, I started to kind of like gravitate towards the 1980 music, you know, scenery. And I did wanted to ask you, like, um, do you consider like the 1980s music like somewhat golden? Because you was, you know, around in the 80s. And I've always wanted to like live in the 80s. That's always been like something because it's just something golden about that time to me. I feel like everything was kind of simple, but I could be wrong. Well, at least you're not asking me, boy, I would love to live in the era of disco. (laughs) As far as I was concerned, that was a very dark period. (laughs) Because I associate disco with like everyone wearing really bad after after cologne and aftershave. Everyone smoking everywhere. Well, in the 80s too, people were smoking everywhere. They were recorded spoken recording studios. You would see musicians wow. like I did tell I, I worked on te- episodic television. There were musicians. There was smoke during the session. They have a like, literally the, the percussion player would be playing the timpani, playing the timpani, and then you go over have a smoke and then go over and play the snare drum with while the piece of music's going. You would see smoke everywhere. And they even had had it such that the, the studios had cleanup crews that would take apart the consoles and clean the microphones from cigarettes. Hey, how about just having no one smoking? You know? <laughs> anyway, so that was the 70s and 80s for me. That's what I remember. Okay, so here's it's interesting. When the Kyoto Brothers asked me to do the music, they said, we hate every horror movie that's been done in the past five years. We hate the music <laughs> If Do not do any music like, and they mentioned names of I don't want it to sound like this, that, or the other thing. And that one movie that everyone loves, we think that's like absolute crap. <laughs> so I won't name the names of the movies. They say were absolute crap. So, so I said, no problem. No problem. They go, you have to do something. I think what you did in your demo, you distinguished yourself from everyone else because everyone did like music like other horror movies. Mm, Something that like wasn't silly. It elevates. It kind of did a legitimacy, but yet it's terrifying. And that March thing is so crazy. It is. Okay. So so that's what it is. So do I have an affection for the 80s? I guess because I lived during the 80s, I guess. You know, um, mm-hmm. 
And and when I was cutting my teeth um, in the biz, I was working with guys like uh, Mark Snow, who did a lot of episodic television. He also did the X Files. Oh, nice! Oh, yeah. man. I worked with him before he did other stuff. As a matter of fact, I think his X Files work is better than anything else he's done because he was free to explore, you know, because like he went to Juilliard, he studied all kinds of crazy music and he was very, very talented. And also I worked with David Rose, who when I was working with him was in his eighties and he had done Bonanza and he had done all these movies during the fifties and sixties and seventies and all these TV series. And he did, I worked with him on little house on the prairie. Oh, nice. So that's what I remember the 80s being like. And it wasn't until I uh, got called, and that's another story. Uh, I got called to do one of HBO's first television series. It was called the Ray Bradbury Theater, based on science fiction writer Bray Bradbury's short stories, right? And uh, so I thought, this is great. This is going to kick stuff off, you know? And then I did uh, Wonderful World of Disney. I worked on Disney, a lot of Disney stuff, and oh, that's awesome. yeah, I read that about you. Yes, Oh, you read that? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and and it was funny because as part of my youth is watching the wonderful world of Disney on Sunday night before I went back to school, which is oh. which is which was a Catholic school, which might as well have been a prison, but. <laughs> um, so it was like the last bit of joy before I had to go back to the joint, you know, mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and get whacked by nuns. Um, whack, nothing like getting whacked in the back of the head by a celibate woman. <laughs> Anyways, I won't go there. So, um, but, um, but then the, the 90s, the late eighties, early nineties, I did a, um, people are starting to sort of discover, I did a series of, of movies uh, that starred Lorenzo Lamas. Probably doesn't ring a bell, but it was kind of like a, um, uh, it was a takeoff on, um, um, oh gosh, that movie, there was a buddy movie that was really big um, with Mel Gibson, uh, where he played a crazy cop. Uh, Lethal Weapon? Lethal Weapon, yeah. This was the discount Lethal Weapon. (laughs) <laughs> right anyways so the lethal weapon movie so i did that and i did a song for that movie that people are starting to discover and they're like sending it back to me hey i, I this is like so 80s it's a song <laughs> called soldier you can look it up and listen to it and i'm listening to it i'm going oh my god this has every 80s trope that you can have in a song, you know, it had all, it had the synth, those specific synthesizer sounds. It had a snare drum in the eighties, in late eighties and early nineties. You had deep snare drums instead of like a whack. It was like a, yeah, they were like a lower, um, a lower frequency characteristics than some of them that are now. now now it's like all over the place but back then everyone <laughs> wanted this like a deeper snare sound right so it yeah. had all this stuff and it was like at first i was going i was cringing and i thought i go you know this is okay this is, pre- this is pretty good as a matter of fact the the singer that i got to sing was really awesome and he came up with some awesome lyrics uh to the song and he really put, he really had a lot of emotion and you know, it's like when these guys when they sing, it's like they give it their all. You know? so yeah. it out. It's called Soldier. Soldier. 
and I'm the right singer, yeah, soldier. And the singer's name was Brian Wild. All right, Brian Wild. That is so cool. And it had like it had that kind of um there's there was like a certain uh, I I came up with a variety of sounds on my uh synthesizers that kind of sounded like a um an out of phase guitar uh that like Sting would play or something like that. <laughs> That's so, cool. So it's like everything you hear is like played on a synthesizer. And, there's not one live instrument. Oh, except for the there's a soprano saxophone. Ah, nice. okay, okay. And that's the only live that's instrument that. besides the person, uh, besides Brian Wilde singing the the. So that's very '80s. I could say if I'm <laughs> going to do something that's like stuck in the '80s. I go, you know what? That was it. I was I was channeling the '80s there, not really knowing that I was channeling the '80s. <laughs> wow, man! Because uh, to me, actually, the song has like a seven early seventies rock feel to it, but played with uh, an eighties vibe. I don't know. That is so <laughs> a lot of stuff going on. It's hard. Sometimes it's hard to pin things down. I just, I just finished something that I, I, I don't even know what to call it. I just put it on my SoundCloud. And it's and it's for something. It's for a project that's not uh, hasn't even shot yet. And I look, I listen to it. And I go, oh, what the heck? What was I thinking? What are they doing? What's going on here? I did like a medley of all of what I thought the impression of the movie is in like mm -hmm. a four minute piece of music. I just switched gears every so often, and I just put it on. I didn't because you know I'm not doing. I'm not. Uh, the the movie's not even shot yet, so I'll just put it on a SoundCloud and see what see what kind of feedback I get. Yeah. But uh, I was listening to it and I go, I, I worked on this on and off for two months, and what the hell did I just create? <laughs> that is so cool. <laughs> Am I going to be embarrassed to play this to people? You know. <laughs> I, I, and the true test, the true test, will be tonight when my my daughter's just on the phone when she comes over. I might play it to her. Mm -hmm. you know, it's like I, I played them the uh, the single from the video game that's behind me here. Oh, nice. yes. There's actually a music video that hasn't been released yet. Ooh. But anyway, so I showed her the music video and the music. And so she's 22 and she's like, let's put it this way. When we go on a road trip, she works the playlist because she, <laughs> she's got, you know, she'll be, let me tell you, she was listening to a piece of music. I go, hold on a second. Stop right there. Look up Cool in the Gang, Midnight Madness. And they go, why? You'll see where this comes from that you're listening to now. You're going to hear where it came from. And she listens to it and she goes, oh, wow, my ears are very happy. You know? <laughs> and, I, and I said, I remember when this was first released, it, 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 was, um, it was like in, in like, I think, 72. And I stood up at midnight to listen to it play on the radio because only game is coming out with a new single today it's an instrumental i go well, i want to hear that so anyway so i played the single to this mm -hmm. and my 21 no when i say 22 year old my 19 year old daughter that's the one i'm talking about the <laughs> playlist she went like this <laughs> i forgot which one is. i love it <laughs> goes, okay it's lit and, oh man i, I, I hit it 
I uh, hit it. <laughs> that is so cool. <laughs> There's so much awesome stuff to look forward to, especially coming from Killer Clowns. I can't wait to hear the music that's gonna be on the video game. I am looking so forward to that. That is well, you know, hopefully we're gonna get some we're gonna get we're we're cooking up some events. Right. Oh. And so Jesse, if you can come to LA, you know, uh I'll t- I'll give you enough notice. I, I just, okay. just all day spent emails mapping out. <clears throat> What we're gonna, I'm collaborating with several other people, mapping out the general direction of this event. And we're looking for something that's gonna happen for more than one day. Awesome. So we don't know. We don't know yet. I still gotta, I still gotta get it all together. It has to be approved and everything. Otherwise, other than I'm just leaving it like that. And there are other things happening in other parts of the country. I'm doing a show in um, Sacramento. Oh, very nice. Uh, in very March, familiar with Sacramento. Next month. And then um, I'm doing something in, Texas, Mission, Texas, in a couple of weeks, and then uh, there's something else going on. Uh, there's something in April, and then something in um, July uh, back east, and then here back in LA uh, around uh, the, the beginning of October. Uh, oh, very cool! Oh, it's it's going to be at a convention, but it's a show. That's part of the convention. Oh, nice. In other words, not at the convention hall. People at a certain time, like after the convention is over, it goes to a theater and they see this thing that we're developing that's different than all the other things. Right. Yeah. That is so cool. I'm really happy to try to. And it's all because, you know, fans have rediscovered this movie. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I and I tell people that want to do stuff, I go, listen, the fans have been so, been starving for something new. And if I'm going to be involved with it, it's got to be something different that they can appreciate. Yeah. Right. That they can take home with. And I don't know if you saw on my YouTube, I have the, I have a, I did a proof of concept called Cosplay Dance Party. It's like a. Yes. A synthwave metal DJ set. Where it's kind of like a variety show where people can participate in it, where you know people can, you know, there are so many people with killer clowns tattoos. I figured during my concert, during my performance, I gotta, I gotta give them respect, have them on stage, and have them. And people have these incredible stories with all their <laughs> their body art, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's and they're happy to tell you. I go, you know, if you're if I was gonna print something on my body. This is the story behind it, you know. It's not just right. like, oh, you know, one night I decided to get, you know, a heart tattooed onto my ass, you know. So, <laughs> uh, it's like people have these really emotional, effective stories. So exactly, yeah. That's so, that's what. So that's what I want to do. I want to bring them an experience they can remember, not just like come to a table at a convention and I, they walk away with a picture. You know, yeah. walk away with an experience. You know, awesome. I mean, when people go on vacation, they remember, they don't necessarily remember, you know, they don't go to buy the trinkets that they buy, the mementos to remember the trip. It's the trip that's the experience that they never forget, you know. I know that anytime I went to a concert, I mean, I just, like, the whole experience. I just went to see, um, uh, about a month ago, I went to see um, Cascaded Dead Mouth. You know, I like, I, I admire the music and I appreciate it. And like I wanted to experience it live, you know, and yeah. so many details. It's like they have all these other DJs starting the show to build up to the final act, and I'm going, "This is incredible!" They're like the sound system is is just over here now. Now it's over here. Now it's coming in. Now they have the whole place wired up. 
Right. And at one point, I was with a friend of mine, and I told her, I go, you know, uh, the insides of my body are vibrating right now. I mean, the liquid is vibrating because the subwoofers were so high, and they blew a generator. How awesome was that? How awesome was that? They blew a generator, and then everyone thought that was part of the act. Like, it just stops. Go, everything goes dark. Everyone goes, whoa. And they put their lights on on their cell phone. <laughs> they go, no, no. We blew a generator. <laughs> Wire another generator. So about a half hour later, they continued the show. It was great experience. I'll never forget that. It was so cool. It was so awesome. That's what I want to do for people is to give them an experience. Exactly. You know, that's that's uh, you know, I think it's I think they deserve it. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, and once that happens, we will definitely we'll post it on our um our podcast Instagram as well. And you've got to come. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. The finger of uh, of fate. <laughs> absolutely, yeah, we'll definitely be there. Um, hey, that looks sure. cool. I've never exploited that before. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are awesome. <laughs> Much appreciated. Much. Appreciated. Yeah. Yeah. But oh gosh, yeah. this is gonna be an idea. Okay, th this is gonna be a good video. Are you gonna show this, or this is gonna be just a? So it's just gonna be just an audio. audio, but we can always clip it as well. Because I want to just try something really quick. Yeah, go I'll for be it. Back in a second. Okay. All right. Shoot. Sure. <laughs> Chad, can you believe this, man? This, this is great. It's awesome, dude. This is awesome. I just moved to a new studio, and so, um, so I'm, uh, I've been unpacking my stuff little by little, <clears throat> and then <laughs> this is totally unrehearsed. <laughs> oh that is cool it's slim uh, that is so cool see, I gotta that okay there we go oh are you facing the screen Behave. that is so cool anyways I just want to see how I try to get him Oh, that is good. That is some good detail they put in on that. Yeah. That awesome. Look at that. Oh man. And I have some I have some little pieces that people made for me. Um uh, I don't know, I can't take him down because he's glued to something. But <laughs> someone did a, a, a small shorty face, so detailed. It's absolutely incredible. If you go to my um, Instagram, you'll see uh, photo uh, photographs of it, close-ups of it. Check. I have to follow That's you. Cool. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Mm -hmm. You'll see. Uh, I, I did a post where I do a quick sh shot of my studio, and uh, you'll see. It, it's it's a, a TikTok video that I reposted on Instagram that, that will show that little character. Okay. Okay. Sure. Okay. Well, I just gotta see. We gotta. We all gotta get in person together. So absolutely, I am absolutely down for that. If absolutely, you, if, um, Jesse. If you, I'll, I'll, if you want to connect with me, I'll, I'll let you know where that thing is in Texas. And if, if you can go, great. If not, you know, we'll, we'll do something else. Okay. All right. That's fine with me. That's fine with me because, like, um, like I'm trying to, um, I'm trying to live a little bit more. You know, because right. all, all I've really done is just. 
you know, worked real hard and I haven't got a chance to like get out there and, you know, live the way I wanted to. So this year is a new year. I want to try new things. Absolutely. I, I told you, I've been saying that since I was uh, seven. <laughs> so you just got to, all you got to do is do it, you know? Absolutely. I, I, I needed I needed to hear that because I've always had a lot of doubt and you know like you know what if things don't go into plan and I'm just tired of thinking that way and I want to believe for once so for once I'm having a change of heart a change of mind and I want to believe a little bit more so I'm take I'm gonna take a lot more chances this year I guess excellent 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 I you know it's funny it's almost like deja vu I I was telling myself that this very morning (laughs) (laughs) what is he what a coincidence. Yeah, is that something? <laughs> I remember saying that to, or saying exactly what you said to someone else who was very, very successful. And um, I don't know if you ever saw the movie Rocky, right? Yeah. Oh, I am a big fan of the Rocky. Okay. Movie. <laughs> I love, oh, yeah. the, I love all the Rocky movies, and I love all the sequels that he's done. And yes. so the composer for that was Bill Conti, and I used to, a long time ago, I used to go to visit him like maybe once a year just to get some. Uh, get some wisdom mm-hmm. put me put me on the right path and all that kind of stuff like i said maybe once a year sometimes you talk on the phone with me for 10 minutes mm-hmm. and i told him basically what you told what you told me yeah and he said join the club <laughs> <laughs> he goes i i know a guy and i think he was talking about quincy jones that was telling me that uh if his record he produced doesn't sell over a certain number of million copies he cannot pay his bills so that's what kind of problems he's got i don't know if quincy jones but it was probably some big it was some big record producer in the 80s and 90s so yeah 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 well good good cool we'll we'll get together you you go out and live life and, and i'll i'll make these cool things for you to go to all right, all right. It's much appreciated, and uh, if I can, I will be making uh, making it to there because I've never been to no things like that. So it will be a good experience and a blast for me to go to. Cool, Seriously. cool, excellent. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, Mr. Masari, okay. we want to thank you again. Thank you so much for taking the time. Well, thank to you for having us. me. It's good to hang out with yeah. you guys. And like I said, maybe one day we'll hang out in person. And I, I dig your mask set up in the background. Oh yeah. I do. I, you can't really see it because it's all at the top. I don't know if I can move my computer, but I do have that Killer Clowns poster that you signed for me a while oh, ago awesome. on the wall. So cool. <laughs> that is there. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Jesse, if you need something signed, you know, either bring it. If you come to this thing in Texas that I'm mm-hmm. looking at, or you can send it to me. I'll send, I'll sign you something if you got something um, you want me to sign. How about? You may how not about have that? stuff to sign. I don't know. Or, or maybe I'll just send you something. Oh, either either way, I'll I'll be I'll be honored, man. I'll be, I'll be honored. Just just connect with me, uh, whatever on social media and stuff. And I'll get your address. And one more thing, uh, yes. Uh, before we go, guys, give me one moment. I want to show uh, John something right quick. Okay, there it is. Oh, that is cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to make that a big screen. Hold on, how can I do that? No, uh, oh, those are whiteboards. I want to see. See how do I get it to go big? Cap pinned. That's awesome. That looks really awesome, man. Thank you. That's Thank great. You. Is that done on, um, uh, like on a board or something like that? Uh, just just a plain old uh, 
drawing notebook, pretty much. Uh-huh. It's, it's it's an old piece of crap, but it has some <laughs> of my uh, good drawings up in there. And I've done that. I done I did that drawing maybe uh about maybe a year or two years ago. So that's the only killer clown thing, something that I have at this moment. Mm-hmm. And I like to draw, but um, if anything, I could draw a new picture, and um, I can send it to you. And if you could sign it for me, I'll be. I'd love uh, to. That as well. I would absolutely love to. And I'm, I'm digging your pendant. <laughs> oh, that is awesome. It's a, it's a lion, and uh, it represents my sign because I'm a Leo. Oh, cool! That is very cool. My grandma was a Leo. <laughs> I'm August nineteenth. And um, I'm 31 right now, and I'm going to be turning uh, 32 uh, this coming August. So. Oh man, I wish yeah. I was. You. I wish I was you. <laughs> I would love to be. I'm not turning 31 this year. <laughs> My birthday is March 25th, and I am not turning 31. That I know for sure. <laughs> Anyways, listen. It was really great hanging with you guys. I yeah. really appreciate. Um, Same. I really appreciate all your questions and uh, your spirit and everything. And uh, we will hang out in person. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, Thank I'm you sorry. so much. It was a blast. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on the podcast like today with us. <laughs> I, I went to full screen and it's all like all of a sudden I have to look over here to look at you. <laughs> full screen. Okay, now I can look at you guys. So it looks like I'm looking at you. All right. You guys take care. All right. You too, Mr. Right. Sorry. Thank you so night, much. We'll keep in contact with you. Thank you so much. Take care, guys. Bye-bye. You Bye-bye. too. Bye. All right, everybody. So that is going to conclude our interview with the one and only John Masari. I got to say, that was an amazing interview. First off, myself and my co-host, Jesse, we want to thank you, Mr. Masari, so much for taking the time to be on the podcast. We appreciate it. All the stories that you told us, it was amazing just hearing you tell us everything. I mean, it was just so cool hearing about the video game, about the resurgence of Killer Clowns. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. And like me and and my co-hosts always say, Thank you guys to the listeners. Thank you to each and every single one of you, because without you guys, none of this stuff is possible. So we love you guys so much. Thank you for all of your support. Thank you for listening to our podcast on the week, the day, whether you're listening to it at work, on the back from the freeway. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and supporting us, because without you guys, none of this would be possible. So thank you guys so, so, so much. And we will catch you all on the next one. We love you guys. See you on the next one. You know how much we love y'all. Bye-bye.